Wednesday, December 5th, 2018. This is Born the Battle, brought to you by the Department of Veterans Affairs. I am your host, Marine Corps veteran Timothy Lawson. A happy Hanukkah to all those that recognize the occasion. I know Hanukkah started uh, on Sunday evening. Hope that you uh, enjoy the Festival of Lights, as is, as it's known. So the only thing that I'm going to do before we roll into the interview today is I'm going to uh, just respectfully request that uh, any of you that may be listening to this in iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, um, where else, Stitcher Radio, uh, if you could just take a quick moment and leave us a rating and review, I'd greatly appreciate it. Love to get your feedback. Um, love to see uh, the... This podcast uh, go up the charts a little bit in, the, in those uh, in those players, so we can ensure that these stories from these veterans, including today's interview with uh, with William Daniels, uh, gets to more people and people can learn about the great people that serve this nation. I do appreciate it. So today's interview is with William Daniels. He is best known uh, for his appearances on Saint Elsewhere. Uh, he is the voice of Kit on Knight Rider, and uh, for those of for those that are around the same age as me that grew up in the 90s, we know him as Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World. He was recently in a news story uh, that uh, where an intruder came into his home and and he and he scared off the intruder, and um, I was like, oh yeah, Mr. Feeney, and I was I was looking around, I was reading up a little bit about him, and saw and uh, when I saw the uh, saw that he was. Um, when he was a little older than I uh, than I expected him to be, I was like, man, that's, that's World War II era. I wonder, I wonder if he served. And lo and behold, uh, William Daniels was a uh, served was drafted into the army, and and he was a uh, he worked at a radio station in Italy. He then came home and used his GI Bill to attend Northwestern. So, Mr. Daniels was nice enough to uh, to join me on a phone call. Um, he, I, we were joined by his wonderful wonderful wife, Bonnie, uh, and I talked to the both of them about his time in the army, um, his experience in attending Northwestern, um, and we learned a little bit more, just sort of about his service, his acting career, uh, and about his relationship with his wife. Uh, it was a fun little conversation. I hope you enjoy. I served in Vietnam. I served in World War II. I served in Afghanistan. And VA serves us all. No matter when you served. No matter if you saw combat or not. There are benefits for veterans of every generation. See what VA can do for you. To learn what benefits you may be eligible for, visit www.va.gov. That's www.va.gov. Um, we're just briefly going to talk a little bit about uh, your time um, in the army during World War II, because I think that's a that's a part of your life people don't really get to hear about, and and let them learn a little bit about that. Uh huh. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, I was in, uh, I think it was thirteen or fifteen weeks of basic training out in Little Rock, Arkansas, Camp Joseph T. Robinson. Uh, when I was in the middle of, of the basic training, uh, when the bomb was dropped on Hiroshima. So uh, it was the end of the war after Nagasaki, and 
I was shipped out to um, to Italy, uh, where I was pulled off a, a, a troop train uh, by a fellow who didn't tell me anything except "Yo, come with me," <laughs> and he drove me to a. a a building that had been a Nazi headquarters, a two-story building, and nothing presupposing, uh, where there was a radio station. Livorno. In Livorno, yes. And so uh, they deposited me there, and um, I uh, was in with a bunch of fellows who were in the actual war, and they went home pretty soon, and uh, I found myself at what eighteen in charge of the station, and it's uh, I think what we had maybe six or seven fellows there, uh, announcers and uh, technicians, uh, and I spent the rest of uh, of my career in the army uh, there in Livorno in this radio station. Very interesting. Did you? Um, when you, when you were, you were drafted, right, uh, in, into the army? The, yes. Yeah. Do you, was that, um, was that a, what was your reaction to that? Were you expecting that, that late in the war? Oh, I was happy about it. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. It got me away from my family, which, uh, that sounds terrible, but, uh, it wasn't. We were just so very close together that it was a relief to, be on my own in the army. I enjoyed basic training very much. It got me into shape, better shape than I've ever been physically. And uh, there were some nice guys there that I got to know. And uh, then, of course, uh, it was a shame to be dragged off the train in Italy and and placed in in, in the radio station. But there, I found that I I, I, I really belonged there because. I was able to do uh, radio announcing and then finally running the whole station. So it was a pleasant experience for me. Uh, it was two years, and uh, I enjoyed it all. Yeah. So, I mean, you said the bomb was dropped when you were in basic, so the war essentially had ended at that point. Uh, before yeah. before that had happened, though, what were your expectations for for what you were going to experience when you got out of basic training? I had no expectations. I mean, you did as you told. Go stand over there. Go down there. <laughs> do whatever they tell you to do. And you did it without thinking. And half the time, you didn't know what you were doing. Uh, uh, when you were being trained, you know, you did what you were told. You did the marches, even though some of the guys fell off the marches out in the little rock hills of uh, of. Uh, of Arkansas, it was terribly hot in midsummer, but I got along with it. I was in pretty good shape, as I say. I got into really good shape there, yeah. and I enjoyed every bit of it. Well, let me tell you, uh, seventy, eighty years later, the the military has not changed. That's, that's still how, how how we operate. Go stand over there, just do what you're told. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know, it's it's okay. You know, I enjoyed yep. it, I must say. Can you, re- can you recall on either a close friend or a great leader that you had while you were in? If, I don't know if you can, if you can recall on, on someone that fits either of those two roles, but if you can, tell me about oh, that person. Gosh, you know, we're going back so so far that uh, I... You mean a soldier? 
Yeah, yeah, someone, yeah, someone that he. Another soldier. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a man who, uh, you know, got caught into it in his thirty-fifth birthday. He was drafted, and uh, he and I were bunkmates, and uh, he was thirty-five, and I was eighteen. So he was a kind of a mentor. He was a very wise fellow from uh, uh, Delaware, I think it was. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, we, as I've said, I I think I had the top bunk and he had the lower bunk in basic training in in the barracks, and uh, he kind of took me under his wing, and and we really had a very nice uh, relationship, uh, which unfortunately uh, ended when he uh, left uh, and I left, and I wound up in Italy in in the radio station in Livorno. Do you, did you get a chance to explore Italy while you were there? Uh, not not much, no. Oh, I did go. Uh, there was a two-week uh, vacation that was made to uh, certain uh, people if they applied for them. I applied, and uh, it was like a, a group, a small group, who were uh, taken to Switzerland and uh, stayed at all these really grand hotels. And uh, uh, I, I was on that for, I think it was a week or two weeks, and uh, it was uh, very pleasant. And when you met the Pope? Oh, oh yes, and uh, I, I talked them into me doing a radio uh, uh, show um, recording, of the the Pope who was coming out of uh, of his uh, self-imposed uh, exile during the war. Now that it was over, he was returning to the Vatican in in Rome, and I uh, I I had I got a uh, an interview with uh, several of the people, not not the Pope himself, but several people, and recorded it and. Uh, that was also a very exp- uh, uh, interesting experience, like uh, going into the Sistine Chapel when it was empty and all those beautiful uh, uh, Michelangelo painted ceiling that he did. Uh, it, was, uh, it was incredible to be there all by myself. But you did meet the Pope. I did meet the Pope, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, that Then um, we were all in this uh, big room, and Pope uh, uh, was going to, uh, uh, I guess, uh, perform Mass. Uh, anyway, he came down the aisle, and I was seated on the aisle, uh, kneeling with a bunch of other uh, guys, and uh, he, he started down at one end. I was in the middle, and I noticed he was holding out his ring, and uh, the guys were kissing the ring. Now, uh, I got from my father this thing about bugs, and uh, I avoided uh, any bugs that I possibly could. And here these guys were kissing this ring. I didn't know. They may have had a cold. Who knows? <laughs> so uh, when he came by, I didn't actually kiss the ring. I kind of turned my head a cheek, and the cheek hit his ring rather than my lips. But, but he blessed your rosary for your grandmother. Oh, and he blessed my rosary that I had bought uh, for my grandmother. Very cool. Who was a, a, a very ardent uh, Catholic. Yeah. 
So when you when you uh, when you got out of the uh, the army when you returned home from Italy, uh, you went on to uh, to attend college and you used your GI Bill. Is that right? That's right. The IG uh, the GI Bill got me through uh, that and uh, me working there. Yeah, uh, several years I worked at a cafeteria. That, uh, you know, for my meals, uh, because the, it, it, it it didn't provide uh, too much. It 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 it, it, it deprived you of uh, what, Bonnie? Uh, well, the tuition and all the, the books. Tuition, yes. All the books they paid for all the yeah, books. Yeah, uh, all the books, all that got paid. I'm in the I'm the only one in my family who ever went to college. Did you was that your plan? Like did, when you when you uh, when you were in Italy, were you planning like, all right, when I'm home, I'm gonna I'm gonna take advantage of this education benefit and I'm I'm gonna go to college. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, um, where did I get the idea of Northwestern? No, my mother. Um, <clears throat> no, you got it from uh, Howard Lindsay. He's my, the one. My mother was in Chicago with the kid and said it was up there. Yeah, but before that, when you were in life with father, you got. Howard Lindsay told you what to do when you got out of the army. What did he tell me what to do? I know Howard Lindsay. You said you wanted to be an actor and you were going to be drafted. And oh yeah, yeah. And Howard Lindsay was the star and author of Life with Father, and he came back into it after a year off because that play ran on Broadway for nine years, believe it or not. And at any rate, uh, I was fortunate enough to um, be going uh, from stage manager into uh, one of the roles, uh, the second oldest boy, there were four boys, uh, when Mr. Lindsay was rehearsing, uh, refreshing himself on, on on his role. Because he had left the play. Yeah, he had left he came the back. play and, uh, for a year, and then he came back at that time. And so uh, I was able to speak to him. And uh, um, I, I said, uh, I, I remember I knocked on his door, his dressing room door, and he said, come in, with his commanding voice. <clears throat> and I said, Mr. Lindsay, uh, you know, I'm going to uh, uh, be drafted, and uh, I was wondering uh, what I might do after... Uh, after getting, should I should I go to the American? Yeah, well, I said that when I get out, uh, should I go to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts? And he was kind of funny. He he was putting on his makeup and he said, uh, "Close the dressing room door." So I closed it and I went off and he said, "Don't go there." He said, "I'm on the board of that and um, and I don't think that's a good idea." <clears throat> he said, "I think what you should do." is write the government for colleges that have a good theater departments. Uh, so I did, actually, and I got about four or five names, uh, like Yale and uh, Catholic University, where the... Uh, Walter Kerr? Walter Kerr was, and, uh, and Northwestern. So my sisters were out in Chicago playing with Walter Houston in a play, and I went out after getting out of the army. I was still in uniform, as a matter of fact. I flew out there with my dad and met her, and my mother said, you know, I think one of those um, schools, universities, was mentioned that, that it's just 
up north of here someplace. So I inquired, and I, you know, I got on a on the train, went up to Northwestern in Evanston. Well, it was gorgeous. I mean, the uh, the buildings, the whole campus on Lake Michigan. I fell in love with just looking at it, and I <clears throat> had no appointment or anything. I had to ask around uh, about admissions, and they said, "Well, they they're over there." And I went in without an appointment, and finally I sat down in front of this officer. You're in uniform. I, I was in uniform, yes. And uh, and I said, uh, and so in in this admissions office, he said to me, well, um, what is your education? I, well, I had a very slipshod um, education. When he heard I'd been on Broadway, he said, oh, well, uh, Okay, there's, uh, matter of fact, they're having entrance exams over there. I said, exams? Now, you know, my education up until that point was pretty spotty. Anyway, I went over and I took this uh, entrance exam. Well, I only got through half of it uh, before some instructor said, are you finished? And I looked up and everybody else had left the room. And I was only half done of this uh, exam, which had these yes and no period, you know, I think, it, well, this could be yes, could be no, I don't know. Anyway, uh, he took my exam, half finished, and I thought, well, got on a train to go back down to Chicago where my uh, folks were with my sister in, in that play, and I thought maybe I'd blown it, but at any rate, uh, I got in, uh, they accepted me, I think because you'd been on Broadway yes. and because you were a soldier. Yes. You were, you were being, yeah, you'd I, been in the Army. Yes. And uh, they were interested in somebody that had been through what I'd been through. That's as much as I know to answer your question. Sure, sure. That's fine. Um, so, uh, I want to be mindful of your time. I just, just got a couple more questions for you, sir. Um, yes. Some people may recognize you from uh, saying elsewhere. Some people may recognize you as the voice of Kit Knight Rider. But some of us, those of a certain age, those that grew up in the 90s, of course, remember you as Mr. Feeney uh, from Boy Meets World. Um, yes. Yes. What? Uh, before I get into my question, just curious, is that the... Um, of of all the things you've done of your illustrious career, is that what you're most recognized like in public and such as, is Mr. Feeney? Uh, yes, I would say yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. As any- it was the last, um, you know, big thing I did there. Yeah. Yeah. Did, um, did you did you find it all that while you were getting into acting, as you were as you were auditioning, as you were getting hired, as you were building your career, um, did you did you notice any benefits from uh, from your time in the service, like any skill sets or any experiences you had that was contributing to your success in acting? This is a long question. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me let me shorten it for you. Um, was there was there any experience or anything that you gained in the in the army that was contributing to your success as an actor? Yeah, a lot of discipline. Yes, I think just getting away from your family and breaking away. Oh yes, well, my family and I, I, you know, my sisters and I were performers and we were very close and everything. So uh, getting out of the army, I. Had, on your own. Uh, I was on my own, and 
so going to Northwestern was kind of a break for me, uh, a difference for me. And uh, even though I uh, was probably not a very good student, certainly at the beginning, uh, having been only in professional children's school where, you know, you didn't do anything except appear and then say, I have an appointment, and then go down a chock full of nuts and have coffee and read the New York Times. So, no, it was, I, I will interrupt here, because it was like, he's always said that going to, going to the Army was the best part of his life, because it got him on his own, and uh, yeah, and then it got him into college, which he probably wouldn't have gone into. No, never would have gone to college. No, my family. Uh, I'm they the only no one who went to college, actually, in my family. They didn't even graduate from high school. Yeah, no, they didn't. Uh, working class family. So the army was a very lucky thing for him. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah. Not only did I enjoy it, but it was lucky that it allowed me the GI Bill when I got out. So I went to Northwestern where I met the lady who was uh, on the phone with me. She helped me a lot to get through because, as I say, my education up until then was an apartment in 54th Street with a guy who barely knew what he was teaching me. We both tried to... It was to... a focus, bogus. Yeah. Yes, kind of bogus uh, education. For there. professional children. Yeah. Right. And <clears throat> you didn't learn very much. So uh, so meeting Bonnie was important. She taught me how to but, teach. Yeah, but, but you were just very lucky, Bill, the way it all worked out. You're the, one of the luckiest people I know. <laughs> I guess I am. <laughs> yeah, I am lucky. You really I mean, are. I know. Uh, I'm, I see myself stumbling around from one thing to another uh, and uh, settling down in Northwestern for the Bonnie got us through in three and a half years. She was very anxious to get back to New York. I wasn't. I was enjoying uh, Northwestern very much, and I knew what it waited for us back in New York. She wanted to get an acting career, and I had been an actor, and I knew that neither one of us had reputa uh, representation in terms of an agent, that it was going to be a tough road to hoe. You know, thinking about it now, it's <laughs> like structure. You really, you really do well mm -hmm. in a structured way. The Army is structured. Oh, I see. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. school yeah. is structured. I see. Northwestern is structured. Okay. No, but you're not very good on your own. You need <laughs> you need pushing. You need somebody to That's help you. true. Yeah. I'm a little lazy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, very, so, Bonnie very, isn't. So yeah. uh, we were inseparable all the way through Northwestern. And when we graduated, we got married. Very good. Is there is there anything? Uh, I mean, you've had a very illustrious career. I mean, do you uh, do you have anything uh, pending in 2019 that we can be excited about, or are you just enjoying a retired life uh, no, there with I'm your family? Enjoying, I'm enjoying retired life. I no, he's going. He's on a uh, what? What's um, <clears throat> Melissa McCarthy has a movie coming out that Bill is doing. Kit, oh, the voice yeah. of Kit. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. I okay. did that. <clears throat> That'll be out in 2019. 
Well, well, I, I appreciate your conversation and from from both of you. It's been it's been very exciting to, um, you know, one of the, one of the greatest parts of being a podcaster and, and being a, and being able to interview veterans is you start learning about who is a veteran that you didn't know before. And when I learned that you were a veteran, and I, the 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 uh, the child in me was so excited to have an opportunity to interview Mister Feeney for the podcast. So uh, I, I appreciate your time, sir. Is there anything you'd like to say? Any anything you'd like to say to the veterans and their families that are listening that the veterans need a lot of more support than they're getting and bill is certainly all for that yes yes well very good well here at va we're, we're doing our darndest to uh to, to provide the, the, the care and, and uh, to serve veterans in the best way that we can okay good good all, all right. right all right so, so it was nice talking to you it was a pleasure talking to you sir take care okay bye-bye My grandfather served in World War II. Spending time with him were the best memories of my life. I became a physician at VA because of my grandfather, so I can help others like him. I can't imagine working with better doctors or a more dedicated staff. I'm fulfilling my life's mission with the help of my team and thanks to these veterans. I'm proud to be a doctor at VA and proud to honor my grandfather every day. Search VA Careers to find out more. Whenever people ask me, um, you know, wait, what are, what are some of the bigger interviews you've done? Uh, I think I think I think Mr. Feeney has to uh, has to make the short list now, right? Uh, it was such a such an honor to be able to talk to someone that uh, that I looked up to as a kid, right? I mean, I was uh, what I, I was probably 10, 11, 12 years old when that when Boy Meets World was in its prime, and uh, you know, Mr. Feeney was uh, with his was this nice little uh, mentor that we had on the television. It was great. Uh, so big thanks to Mr. Daniels for joining me and his wife Bonnie for uh, for helping with that conversation. It was a it was a huge honor to to be able to have that have that interview. Today, this week's Medal of Honor citation reading is for Herman Hanneken, services United States Marine Corps, rank of Second Lieutenant Division, Gendarmerie de Haiti, conflict the Haitian campaign, the Year of Honors, nineteen nineteen. Citation reads, For extraordinary heroism and conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity in actual conflict with the enemy near Grande Riviere, Republic of Haiti, on the night of 31 October to 1 November 1919, resulting in the death of Charlemagne Peralte, the Supreme Bandit Chief in the Republic of Haiti, and the killing, capture, and dispersal of about 1,200 of his outlaw followers. Second Lieutenant Hanneken not only distinguished himself by excellent judgment and leadership, but also unhesitatingly exposed himself to great personal danger when the slightest error would have forfeited not only his life, but the lives of the detachment of gendarmerie under his command. The successful termination of his mission will undoubtedly prove of untold value to the Republic of Haiti. We honor his service. That wraps up episode 123 thank you so much for taking the time to listen please do follow us on twitter and instagram at dept vet affairs for more stories and images from our community we're also on facebook at facebook.com slash veterans affairs and as i mentioned earlier would greatly appreciate a rating and review in your podcatcher of choice stitcher radio itunes google play spotify wherever you listen to podcasts do appreciate that feedback 
I'm Timothy Lawson, signing off. <laughs>